often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 446. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, joining you once again inside the Slapbox Bunker, as I've had to redo some shit. If you were listening to the last episode, I was having a bit of troubles with the soundboard, as, uh, as I recall, it must have cut out like at least three times. It overheated and uh, barely got through that one. I apologize for some of that audio. I tried to clean it up a little bit and uh, tried to make do. Tried to make do. Uh, so I had to call an audible. Uh, I thought I had contemplated buying a new board for here as I had the big board. My big board. My big, large, massive board over at the Muffin Man's house. Over at the Muffin Hut, you know. Is over there, and it's. I don't even remember how many channels this thing is, but there's like, uh, you can run <laughs> ten different mics on that fucker. It's got, I think it's sixteen channels. If I'm looking at it right, there's sixteen channels in all. Uh, like ten mics, but I mean it's a massive board. But uh, had that over at the Muffin Hut, and uh, I had a small board here. As I just have, I mean, it's a small area. And the bunker's not real big. It's a very small bunker. I don't think many bunkers are real big. You know, it's all about the surviving the apocalypse, right? So you got to have a small bunker. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a big bunker. No. You need to look, it's, if you're going to survive in a, you know, post-nuclear apocalypse, though, it might be good to have a little bit of area to, like, stretch your legs, I guess. Um, so I, I think I'm kind of screwed there. I'm not far enough underground, I think, to survive the nuclear apocalypse, but... I do uh, uh, not have, like I was saying, <laughs> I don't have a lot of room on my desk as I just record by myself. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have this massive soundboard like I'm going to record a whole band or some shit. Uh, it's nice to have, you know, pre-COVID days when we were recording like four mics sometimes, four or five mics, and had like more of a, a group thing going on as opposed to me and a microphone and maybe the phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense for that. And this board, it's a Behringer. Fun fact, like all of my board soundboards to this moment have been Behringer's. Um, this is, uh, this, the small one I had was a Behringer. And unfortunately it didn't have a power button on it for whatever reason. You just plug it in and it just immediately starts getting power. You can't shut off the power unless you plug it. <laughs> I guess I should have unplugged it more often early on because uh, it started having overheating issues and I had to unplug it frequently. But this current board that I'm using right now is the one I had from the Muffet Hut with the 16 channels. And uh, it's it's been a it's been a real workhorse. I've had that, I don't know, uh, six, seven years. I know that, hell, in... Uh, 11 days will actually mark the ninth anniversary of the Slapbox podcast. So I don't know if we celebrate that next week or the week after, because it'll only be seven days from now. So I guess maybe the the week after? I don't know. <laughs> we'll do that. 
Not that I'm going to do a whole lot. Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. Ten seems like we should really do something. If if I'm still doing this next year at this time, then I, I should probably go all out. Now, I'll hopefully have been vaccinated by then. As uh, my mother had just uh, received her first dose, I think she said she had the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, so she's got to get a second one. Uh, it's not the J- JJ one, the Johnson & Johnson, not the not the Johnson. She, she gets stuck with the Johnson. There was a great, I read a thing about uh, Dolly Parton. She donated a lot of money to, I think, Moderna. Perhaps it was Pfizer. It was one of them she donated to. And she had just got vaccinated. And it said, the article had said... Uh, <laughs> After it said she donated the money for the vaccine, then she was shot on, <laughs> on whatever day, Thursday, or it just said Dolly Parton was shot on whatever day. I was like, that, that's great. They did a good job of editing that. That's fantastic. They should keep keep uh, posting articles like that. That's fine. That's fine. Just just say famous people have been shot. That'll <laughs> it always goes over well. I mean, there's probably already rumors that she was uh, dead. I think I saw a video years ago of her uh, performing in Ireland, if I if I recall correctly. I don't know if I'd, it was one of the times when I was like researching stuff about Ireland on the podcast. I don't think so, but I know I'd seen videos of uh, John C. Riley at, I want to say, Gus O'Connor's Pub, which I love Gus O'Connor's Pub. I've been there all three times I've been to Ireland. The only place I've ever had alcohol in liquid form in Ireland uh, because I did have chocolates with Guinness in it there, but uh, always had a pint of Guinness on each trip at Gus O'Connor's pub. But uh, over there in Doolin, oh yeah, yeah, go to Doolin. (laughs) I just feel like doing a lot of voices tonight, I don't know why. Uh, Before the show, I was actually talking like, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog, you know, the director who directed The Grizzly Man, where the guy was living with uh, grizzly bears and uh, was murdered by the grizzly bears and which he lived with. I don't know. I'm going crazy. I uh, I guess quarantine and not going uh, outside seeing everybody it was just maybe a little uh, kooky, kooky for uh, Cocoa Puffs. I don't know. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm amped up like I've taken a lot of caffeine, and I haven't had any since yesterday. <laughs> I had quite... The, I went with my general... Uh, f- my huge. The Friday uh, $5, 32-ounce from Smoothie King with the... It's the uh, Mango Strawberry Pure Recharge, which has got a fuck ton of caffeine. I did get some sleep last night, though, so, I, I mean, that is worn way off. As this is a... Uh, 20 over 24 hours after <laughs> set caffeine but uh i'm just this already out of the gate has just been me digressing non-stop so yeah i'm using this big board <laughs> as i had to make room room for it and uh i still think i'm gonna i like i'm doing pretty decent as looking pretty decent as far as getting funds together to get a place so i feel like maybe i could splurge on buying a small soundboard nothing too expensive i found a yamaha one that's got like one mic thing in the big problem is though i i need to have multiple sources of input for other things like i need it 
at least two other sources, which I think this one, it's the Yamaha AGO3 three-channel mixer. And it's got an auxiliary input too, but I, I've had bad, bad luck with auxiliary uh, things on boards because you can't control the volume on stuff and you just never get it loud enough. But there is a, like a USB port too. Another like line in, but I would need at least two for uh, to have sound effects via computer and to have the phone in there. And uh, but that one, uh, that three channel one, they have another one that's just like it's a six channel. That one's the six channel's two hundred, whereas the three channel's at one fifty. But man, it is it is tempting to get that. It is very tempting. <laughs> I might end up doing that as uh, as they did just say that we're. St- Apparently they passed the stimulus, so maybe I could go ahead and buy a small board. A small board. It would make this doing this a lot easier at home here. Though again, once I get my own place, there you know we should have a nice little uh, bit setup. But if I'm doing it by myself again, though, I find it probably easier just to use a small soundboard. And there is other things I I do other than this podcast. I want to get back into. At some point, making YouTube videos and stuff. Maybe get back into attempt to do some live streaming video games at some point. We'll see. I don't have any money to get new video games, so it'll be like a bunch of old ones. <laughs> or I'll just get on like Twitch and chat. I've been wondering, or kind of interested in uh, looking at... Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> there's the audio social network. Uh Clubhouse, I believe is the name of it. Um, Oh, there's four audio-focused social media platforms. Um, But you get in, you just talk. I've been tempted to want to do that. Um, You have to get an invite as of right now for Clubhouse because it's, uh, I guess it's just kind of like the beta. Uh, So you can't just, like, jump on, but you have somebody has to invite you in to, like, speak, and there's, like rooms with uh, like thousands of people from what I understand uh, let's go, go see the Washington Post has got an article back in February here One o- Clubhouse 101 I don't want to subscribe damn it I can't read that unless I subscribe <laughs> I'm not subscribing uh, let's see what Apple apps.apple.com has to say about it um, right now I think only uh, you can only get it on the Apple store on uh, so I, f- I think it's only available through iPhone users but I had read on Vice News that there were some uh, hackers that had uh, put together some stuff to where you could if I remember correctly that I don't know how accessible it is to get this but like that to be able to use Clubhouse on Android uh, phones but uh, I that was a while ago I read that <laughs> There is not much on that article there, you sons of bitches. <laughs> um, da, da, da. Here we go. Rollingstone.com. They're probably going to want me to fucking register or subscribe too, but oh, 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 I might get by. I might get by. Um, yes, yeah, so here's their article on Clubhouse is why is everyone talking about Clubhouse? The new social media app is tapping into the public's desperate need to connect and it's becoming a flashpoint in the culture wars. 
In the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, two techies started a new social network built around an increasingly unloved feature of people's iPhones actually talking into it. Which I gotta say, I don't do a whole lot of, except for on this podcast when I call somebody. <laughs> uh, see, the app called Clubhouse was at first niche. There are no posts, no pictures, no videos. As if to underline how little time you need to look at it, the home screen is a white on beige endless scroll of conference calls called Rooms. Filled with people you might not know, organized around topics like police brutality, music, sex, or whatever else was on people's minds. Users can be moderators, hosting their own conversations and controlling who speaks. Digital audience can listen in or ask to participate if they have something to say. The action happened all in your earbuds. Uh, I feel like it should say action is happening all in your earbuds, but uh, I... I uh, digressed yet again. Uh, the app started by Paul Davison, an entrepreneur who'd previously sold the company to Pinterest, and Rohan Seth, a former Google engineer, was a way to get people talking and trading ideas spontaneously without filters or having to put on an outfit they later wrote. First, it was an open. It was open to only a few thousand users, though there they were the right users, Silicon Valley venture capitalists and others who controlled the flow of money and influence. And true to its name, they priorita- prioritized. <laughs> My reading skills are sucking tonight. Um, <laughs> they prioritized an in crowd uh, by requiring invitations. Uh, they said this was to not grow too fast. Then the big money uh, rolled in. Venture capitalist giant Andreessen Horowitz pumped in $12 million uh, weeks after it launched. By its ninth month of existence, it was worth $1 billion. Uh, you know what this article uh, keeps going, going on? Basically, yeah, you, you just get on. I had, I haven't been on there. I've been interested in doing it, but it's like I feel like i got to invest a lot of time for these long conversations. But it, I, I find it interesting. I, I, you know, At some point, I'd, I'd like to get involved. With that, and you know, just uh, or just go go on Twitch, you know, get on there and uh, stream and chat, chat up with the peeps, get things going. But uh, Clubhouse, yeah, from what I understand, it's audio based. You just jump into a conversation, find something that somebody's talking about you want to talk about, or just listen in on. Jump in there, maybe say a few words, maybe don't, maybe just listen, or uh, moderate your own uh, conversation. As somebody that uh, podcasts on a weekly basis, it does seem pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. <laughs> it was funny the other day at work. Uh, speaking of doing voices, as I was doing earlier, uh, I was talking about Ireland because, uh, you know, I talk about it a lot. I love it, even though I haven't been there in years now. Uh, I had said, oh, I had an alert on my watch. That's what it was. And uh, it was from uh, the Irish news app that I have on my phone. <laughs> I like to keep in touch. I like to know the ins and outs of what's going on in Ireland. As uh, I have a, a real love for it. Like it's like it's an old lover, you know. Like I like to keep in touch. Make sure she's okay. That she's doing alright. And that she'll be there when I come to visit again. But, uh... <laughs> so... I had an alert going on while I was working uh, with uh, three other 
three uh, ladies that I work with, and uh, Nicole uh, that I work with, uh, she, well, I had said that I had an alert from an Irish news app when I said that. She thought I said Irish dude app, <laughs> which makes it very much sound like a like grinder situation where it's like uh, the Irish grinder. Like version of grinder, just the Irish dude up, you know, you go to there if you want a 12 inch kielbasa from a good Irish lad with a bunch of red hair for pubes right down there, the fryer crutch, cock crutch, you get that on the Irish dude up, you know, you go on there, you get 12 inches of the best young lads that hurt, you know, as long as they're of age, you know what I'm saying. The Irish dude app. Uh, that's just for what it, it popped in my head. But since then, it's just constantly when I do the Irish accents, you know, thinking about the Irish dude app. That's all I think about, you know. Oh, don't you know, the Irish dude. Oh, Ireland. Ah, man, I was looking on orbits, too. After, I think it was like right after... Like, on break time that day after the whole Irish dude thing happened, I was like, oh, thinking about traveling. I have no money that I can invest in traveling right now. Like, I so want to fucking go on another vacation. But, like, just for shits and giggles, I looked up some uh, tickets uh, on such uh, adventures. And I did find to fly back to St. Petersburg, Russia, if I went in October. Just man, it's like I don't even want to. The more I think about it, I'm like fuck, I'm gonna make some bad decision and go ahead and do it. But <laughs> only eight hundred and fifty-five dollars for eight days with the flight plus the hotel. But I feel like that could be a like the last time uh, I went to St. Petersburg. It said, I mean, it wasn't anywhere near that cheap. That is like half off of what the last time cost me. But when I initially booked the last time, it was like, I don't know, it was supposed to be like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars and then it jumped to over like two grand. <laughs> because like the fl- there was something up with the flight. I don't remember what like uh that was like the cheapest flight I could have. I think there was I don't know, maybe it was uh, you know, all the shit that they the uh, stuff that they were, you know, dealing with Russia. I don't remember what Russia was doing at the time in 2019, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the relationship between America and Russia might have had something to do with it. I don't know. But, uh, I, I'm like, just seeing that 855. Now, now I'm going to have to look up fuck. <laughs> Ireland. I mean, I, Ireland. Oh, Ireland. You know, I'd love to go there. What does orbits have to say about fucking Ireland? You know, I don't know what my fucking login is, uh, but uh, I don't guess I don't really need. Although maybe I should sign in, or or I can just pull it up on my phone, not do it on my computer, and then I wouldn't need to sign in. But uh, this is this is very curious. Let's let's just see, you know, because they're seeing as of right now that I could get vaccinated. By the end of May, that everybody that wants a vaccine in the U.S. can get a vaccine. So if that is possible, then say about October, then I could be free to venture out into the world again, you know. 
I don't know why I'm mixing in Irish with German. Um, <laughs> damn it. But uh, let's change this. Ooh, I still have the date saved in here. Good thing I pulled up my phone. Um, let's look up Dublin. Let's find out uh, Dublin. D-U-B, buddy. D-U-B. Well, let's fly into Dublin because Dublin's usually the cheapest airline if you're going to fly into Ireland. At least all the times I've looked. Because um, there's only, I think there's only three international uh, hotels, uh, not hotels, sorry, international airports in Ireland. You got uh, Dublin, which is in, of course, in Dublin City. And uh, there is uh, Shannon Airport, which is a much smaller airport than Dublin. It tends to be a lot more expensive. Um, <clears throat> there's a... Uh, there is an alert for COVID-19, but uh, anyway, there's also, uh, oh shit, Ireland's way more expensive. <laughs> uh, that That's a shame. That's a shame. But I guess it probably evens out because with Russia, I'd still need a visa, and that's still going to be like 400 bucks to get the goddamn visa to go through all that shit. All those hoops. Um, <laughs> still be a little bit more expensive. Man, it was cheaper for me to go to Ireland before... <laughs> The pandemic. What the fuck, man? Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's got a COVID-19 alert. It says travel requirements are changing rapidly, including need for pre-travel COVID-19 testing and quarantine on arrival. I wonder if, what if I've already got the vaccine? I mean, I don't have the vaccine, but if I had a vaccine, accept all cookies. Apparently, Russia doesn't give a fuck. They're like, just give us your money. <laughs> A55. Damn it. Uh hmm. Yeah. Actually I did read too that uh Ireland's uh using the uh, supposed to be getting the uh Russia vaccine, the Sputnik. Is uh Oh, there are some cheaper that's not too bad. There's one here that says thirteen twenty eight. Those days, that's city center Dublin, Malloy's apartments. Man, so why the fuck are they showing? They're not. <laughs> why can't I uh, show by price, you motherfucker? I can't. <laughs> it's not changing things, but I wonder if, for whatever reason, <laughs> I doubt Dublin or uh, Munich is any better, but. Munich. Wow, I cannot spell. But uh Munich's probably even more expensive. I would I would just venture to guess. Uh <laughs> Uh Platz? I don't think I s wow, I cannot <laughs> If I put in Germany, oh, there. Well, I guess Munich and vicinity is the the right airport. Well, uh, it'll just pick one. There's a. Uh, I gotta stop looking at this shit. This is this is dangerous. <laughs> Gonna end up uh, <clears throat> end up choosing a flight. It's taking a really long time, but it, yeah, I mean, it would be that would be so fun, so fun. I I miss. I miss traveling so much as, uh, yeah, Munich looks to be about the same as, as Ireland. 
I've seen a lot of them for like fifteen hundred to like two grand. I don't remember how much it cost for the first time in, I uh, went to Germany. I don't remember being real fucking cheap though. Ooh, here's one for twelve hundred. That's a good fucking deal. Holy shit. VIP access at Bavaria Hotel. Yeah, Bavaria. Bavarian Hotel Olymp Munchen. Uh, there's some there's some decent deals, gotta say. I mean it would be <laughs> if I did like an Oktoberfest. Just like went all out. I mean if you're gonna like celebrate quarantine being over then, you know, why not just fucking go all out and go to fucking Germany in Oktoberfest, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, you should go to Oktoberfest, yes. Werner Herzog will go to a film documentary and hang out with baby water and drink beers out of liter mugs. Yes, that's what we'll do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. As I look more... Man, I don't know why they're not filtering this shit right. It's driving me nuts. Um, there is no... Re- the app, the Orbits app. I gotta say. You guys need to fix that. You need to make that shit right. And I'm getting a buzz. I don't know why. From my phone, apparently. Potting it down. Seem to get rid of it. It, any little buzz now I hear totally fucks with me after last week. And I guess this last few weeks I've had to use that other soundboard. I just started thinking, like, oh, shit, it's going to shut off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, I did watch another pretty decent uh, true crime uh, docuseries on the old uh, Netflix murder uh it's called uh i want to say it's yeah a murder murder among the mormons is what that one is called um <laughs> i'm just looking to the screenshot of uh adam sandler and jennifer aniston with the murder mystery which i never did watch i'm gonna have to remember to re- watch that but uh i want the details just don't don't <laughs> i don't ever really use their app uh, let's see here. Oh, here we go. Now I can find the details. Uh, it's Murder Among the Mormons. There are three episodes. Uh, all close to an hour apiece. First one's only 45, but... It's, uh... It's a pretty good one. It's... Of course, it takes place in Salt Lake City, Utah, in the uh, 1980s, I believe, is when uh, it, the majority of this takes place now what uh transpired is there was uh damn it trying to find the fella's name here um hey 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 i can't see his name murder among the mormons um the in in this uh (laughs) docuseries it uh, follows this uh, feller here. I want to say his name is Mark something or other. Um, oh, no. No, no. 
Roger Ebert? Is he still alive? There's a RogerEbert.com. I thought both of them. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so what it, it follows this guy, uh, which his name is eluding me still, as I'm trying to find this guy's name. Mark Hoffman. Okay. Follows uh, this fella, Mike, uh, Mark Hoffman, that... Uh, uh, was dealt with historical documents. He had started out, he was a, a brought up a devout Mormon. He was involved with the LDS Church, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. And uh, this happened in 1985. Um, and he made a good amount of money selling historical documents. He had started out finding all these uh, documents like this big one that he had had was this called the white salamander letter that involved uh, Joseph Smith. If you don't know anything about the Mormon church, Joseph Smith was the founder and he had like, he was had all these crazy uh, <clears throat> stories about hunting for treasure. He found these uh, golden plates, I guess was it, was it that he, found, like, the scriptures, I guess, for, like, the Church of Latter-day Saints, basically. There was, I know there was, like, a seeing stone or something at some point. I, I don't remember all the details, but I searched, researched the Mormons a bit, but it's been many, many moons ago. I know that he had something, like, he would look into a hat to read some shit. I don't know, some real crazy shit. But uh, this salamander letter, like, changed how he came to talk to this one I don't know if it's considered an uh, angel or what have you, but uh, he had found this letter and uh, ended up selling it, making some money. But he had he found all kinds of different documents on Mormonism, and then also started finding documents on just the history of America and and selling them. And he had like this one that was really. Potentially, it was the Oath of the Free Man, like the original pressing of the Oath of the Free Man. And uh, it was going to potentially sell for like a million dollars or something, or, or even more. And again, this is 1985. And you had all these people that were involved in the buying and selling of these uh, historical documents and such that were involved with him. And then all of a sudden, in 1985, uh, there were two bombings that had killed people uh, in Salt Lake City there. And then there was a third one that went off and uh, injured, severely injured Mark Hoffman himself. And this documentary is like, I don't want to ruin it for you because it's like a good one to watch. So I don't want to say what happens. But I mean, if you just Google his name, you're going to find out what really happened. But uh, I suggest watching the show if you want to like. Uh, it, I think it's cool to not know going into this one, but you find out like, okay, why why did somebody want to bomb this and stuff? And uh, I figured it out pretty quickly. <laughs> I I I think it was fairly early on. Like, oh, I think I know what's what's going on here. Although you know they did some strong implying inferring things early on, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, you you find out. Uh, some some interesting stuff, and uh, there may be if you've seen the movie uh, Catch Me If You Can, there may be some correlations there. Just saying, just just a wee bit. 
Although there was no bombing. Frank Abagnale uh, Jr. Uh, never bombed anybody. I just want to point that out. <laughs> that there's a... Uh, <laughs> like, I basically just ruined the whole documentary, I think, if you've seen Catch Me, if you can't, by just mentioning that. <laughs> you get an idea of what... Uh, <laughs> Which is exactly what I thought initially when I saw. I was like, "Fucking, this is a catch me if you can situation." But uh, it's it's a good watch though. There was another docu series I had watched. It was uh, on Robert Johnson, and uh, that one was. Uh, I'm gonna add this other movie. <laughs> oh man, why the? Okay, there we go. Um, let's see here. It's something at the crossroads. Went down to the crossroads. Wow. Um, Netflix's app is driving me nuts. Um, no, no. <laughs> uh, Robert Johnson. If you. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, Devil at the Crossroads is what that one's called. And that one's from uh, I don't know when this from. Twenty nineteen. They made that one, or at least it was remastered in twenty nineteen. This is a pretty decent one. I tried to watch the Biggie Smalls one. Um, it a lot of people seem to love that one. I think just a lot of people love Biggie. Got to say, couldn't get into the dock. I'm like, okay, I can't finish this one. Not feeling it. Not feeling it at all. I don't think it's put together that well. Maybe I just need to give it more of a chance. But uh, anyway, the Robert Johnson story. I find his story interesting just because the. Uh, <laughs> If you're unfamiliar with Robert Johnson, he was the old blues player who was uh, an early addition to the 27 Club, as he died when he was 27 years old. But he was from uh, Mississippi, I believe. And uh, he played in the the Delta Blues area. Like, grew up in the Mississippi Delta. So, like, uh, he... Uh, <clears throat> As the story goes, he couldn't play the guitar for shit and disappears for like year, year and a half, comes back to the Delta area, and now all of a sudden he can just shred on the guitar. He is the, you know, Stevie Vai, Eddie Van Halen, whoever you want to pick. It was like guitar virtuoso at the time, and there's like... You know, everybody there, like, there's no fucking way this kid fucking did this. <laughs> just disappeared for a, a somewhat short period of time and is just a complete fucking master of the guitar. Uh, but, so they say, oh, he sold his soul to the devil. But this one, I've seen stuff on Robert Johnson before, but it's been a long time since I've watched anything else on him. I mean, it's probably been like 15, 20 years since I've watched anything on him. But this one was pretty decent. Um, they do get into because uh, they do talk to uh, his some of his family members and uh, like uh, grandchildren and stuff, and they've pieced together more of what actually transpired in his life because there's not a whole lot known about a good chunk of his life, and he only actually recorded had like I guess two albums sort of put out, but there was. He recorded songs like on two separate occasions. And uh, there's something like 28, 29 songs or something like that. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, 
anyway, the one f- thing I did find interesting in the uh, documentary is that uh, I guess part of the reason they think that the whole devil mythology came to be is the fact that uh, when he left the Delta area or when he just disappeared from all the people that knew him at that point, uh, he had learned a lot of stuff from the, he had a teacher and uh, they would go and play in the cemetery. And that's like, uh, he would teach them stuff. They would sit on these graves and like, just play some guitar. And uh, that supposedly like helped in the uh, <laughs> fact that uh, they believed that it was the devil that uh, made him good. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of shit. Uh, that was based on that. The devil went down to Georgia, you know, uh, the crossroads movie, not the Britney Spears one. Although I don't know, maybe that has something to do with Robert Johnson, but, uh, I've never watched that one to be honest. (laughs) Don't really know what that one's about. However, the classic Ralph Macchio flick does involve that sort of situation. I don't remember if they actually talk about Robert Johnson, but there's the situation where, uh, Ralph Macchio goes and sells his soul to play the guitar. Uh, according to Wikipedia here, this is what it says about the devil legend of Robert Johnson here. According to legend, as a young man living on a plantation in rural Mississippi, Johnson had a tremendous desire to become a great blues mu- musician. One of the legends often told uh, says that Johnson was instructed to take his guitar to a crossroads near Dockery Plantation at midnight. There are claims for at least a dozen other sites at the location of the crossroads. There he was met by a large black man, the devil, who took the guitar and tuned it. The devil played a few songs and then returned the guitar to Johnson, giving him mastery of the instrument. The story of a deal with the devil at the crossroads mirrors the legend of Faust. In exchange for his soul, Johnson was able to create the blues for which he became famous. It says various accounts. This legend was developed over time and has been chronicled by Gail Dean Wardlow, Edward Comera, and Elijah Wald. Wald. I'm guessing Wald. It sounds German. (laughs) Uh, Who sees the legend as largely dating from Johnson's rediscovery by white fans more than two decades after his death. Sunhouse once told the story to Pete Welding as an explanation of Johnson's astonishingly, astonishingly rapid mastery of the guitar. Welding reported it as a serious belief in a widely read article in Downbeat in 1966. Yada yada. I was hoping to have more stories about that. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, that's always a... I, I need to go back and watch that Crossroads movie. I don't think that's on Netflix. <laughs> Maybe the Britney Spears is on there, and I can just... I'll probably want to free Britney even more after watching that. Damn it, why the fuck? I'm having issues with uh, Netflix here. <laughs> um, Their app is being... Or their computer web app here. There we go, finally. All right. They're a big company, man. They shouldn't be having... uh... No, they don't have the Ralph Macchio one. 
Hey, they have striptease, though. I haven't seen that movie forever. I remember that being really bad. It's the Demi Moore movie with... Uh, uh, fucking shit. Burt Reynolds is also in it. I guess he's the other big name. But it was like... It was not good. It was not good. I don't recall. Demi Moore. Then, uh... Let's see what the synopsis here says. A former FBI employee works as a stripper to finance her custody battle for her daughter when a secretly shady congressman takes an interest in her. I mean, that is kind of selling me on it. I feel like I might end up watching it again. I forgot that she was a fucking FBI agent. I remember just seeing shitty. Like, I don't remember much of anything about it. Uh, I did go back and... I think, uh, yeah, last week we were talking about samurai swords and such. I, I do recall I did go back and watch Kill Bill 1 and 2, as that did also make me want to get a Kill Bill uh, replica sword. Again, <laughs> me with just wasting money. I need to just get off the fucking internet. Just completely unplug. Live in like a, just a gutter for like a year. Save up some money, you know, <laughs> and work out. That would be pretty fantastic, uh, monetarily speaking. I'd probably get COVID or some other horrendous thing just living in a, a ditch, but uh, <laughs> I think it would work out right. Uh, I got I got to know now. There's uh, after looking at uh, that stuff about Ireland. There's got to be cheaper, cheaper stuff. I think if I look at actually on Orbitz's webpage and not the fucking app, I'd find much better deals. And uh, you motherfuckers, let's October seems safe-ish. Say the seventh. Come back on the fifteenth. Yeah, that's what that's what we do, right? Ooh, you can select it only accommodations for part of the trip. That's good they have that because I had the problem in the past when I scheduled these trips that I wanted to go to multiple places, and that schedule I like doing the packages, booking the flo- flight flight <laughs> flight plus the hotel all at once. You know, getting a little bit of taking a little bit off the top. So it's a little bit cheaper, um, but uh, it's off, often uh, you don't get to take advantage of that if you want to go to multiple places once you get there. So if you're only spending a couple nights here, a couple nights there, it's you know kind of a pain in the ass. Well, there are better deals than what uh, I was seeing on the app, but man, the, there's a big fluctuation in prices here. Um sort by price not recommended don't show me the recommend just show me the cheap shit (laughs) uh unreal deal kgt house one thousand dollars they have five left (gasps) oh man see that (sighs) dublin or yeah dublin i think the most i ever spent on going to dublin was maybe thirteen fourteen hundred dollars so seeing that, uh, like they're putting stuff up for like 
two grand and shit. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> shit was definitely cheaper. Uh, there's one by the airport that, which the airport, uh, you don't really want to stay by the airport because it's kind of out of the city center. I mean, if you're going to stay in Dublin, you need to fucking stay in the city center, man. There's the address, City West. That seems, says Unreal Deal. That is, I love good Unreal Deals. There's a four-star hotel. Man, it looks like, I like the lobby. Looks nice. It appears to have a marble desk up front and stuff. Looks pretty nice. They got, uh, I mean, I don't really, really care what the room really looks like. It's really, where's the fucking location at? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to stay in a shithole, but, uh, I mean, that's not bad. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Well, ten ninety-seven. So you're looking at eleven hundred dollars. But, uh, man, I, I wouldn't need. Man, that is, that is so tempting. That is so tempting. Ugh, I have got to, uh, (laughs) I've got to stop looking at this stuff. Uh, I am going to, man, there's a, yeah, I need to stop looking at this stuff. That is going to give me, although I got, I got to know now, where's, what's the cheapest one to, (laughs) to Munich? Where's the, I want my damn, uh, I want to really experience Oktoberfest. Yeah? Oktoberfest, yeah. And let's search that. Let's, let's go to Munich. <laughs> uh, we're sorting by price now. Let's see what the cheapest deal going to Munich would be. As, man, this is taking a very long time to sort. <laughs> uh, they keep giving me these fucking... Ugh. Well, there we go. We'll just go to Munich all airports. That looks good. Whatever. Go by price. It seemed like it almost... Here we go. $1,000. McDreams Hotel München Airport. Though I wouldn't want to stay at the airport. Because I think it's another thing, too. It's not in the city center. And if I'm going to be in Munich, I want to stay in, like, Marienplatz. But... Marion Flats is probably going to be obscenely expensive. As uh, Munich is an expensive city. As uh, there's a B&B. B&B hotel. Is that a bed and breakfast hotel? What is that? Free cancellation property. Uh, I mean, there's some good deals. <laughs> Just over, we're looking at like 1100 bucks. I mean, this is... I gotta, I gotta buy a fucking house first. (laughs) Hopefully, find another source of income before, before doing this stuff. But man, man, just seeing the prices on some of the, seeing the deals, I am like Jones and man, like I am. There's a low budget hostel there, which they're showing pictures of Marion Platz. Uh. Which I feel like that's misleading if it's not in Marion Platz. I'd be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> um, you know what? I, yeah. 
I was going to say, I didn't finish the... No, I, I talked all about the murder among us. Uh, among Mormons, yeah. I think I finished that story. But, uh, damn. Damn, man, I Jones fucking bird. I need to just get on a plane and fly. Been talking a lot about Forrest Gump lately, too, and I just keep thinking about Jenny when she's just like, I wish I was a bird so I could fly far, far away. Still one of the greatest movies ever. It's just I, it's just dumbfounded that they were able to make that movie. Uh, it just seems so, so fantastic. It was, uh, just the parts when he was a kid with the kids on the bus. Like, can't sit here. Seat's taken. You can sit here if you want. <laughs> then, uh that scene where uh, they won't let Forrest into the normal school and Sally Field uh, goes and talks to the principal and then he uh, visits them at their home. <laughs> and of course he, he bangs Sally Field and then comes out wiping the sweat off his brow and as he says, yo mama sure does care about your education. <laughs> he says, you sure don't say a little lot, do you, <laughs> boy? Something along the lines of that. And then Forrest looks up and goes, and makes the sounds of the <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Oh, my love for Tom Hanks and, and that whoever that, I don't know the name of the, the kid that played him, the young kid. I know that, uh, I think the young girl that played Jenny, like when they were on the school bus and stuff, I think... She went on to play uh, Michael Myers' sister in the uh, Rob Zombie Halloween, the first Rob Zombie Halloween movie. I think that's his sister, the one where the, I don't know, the guy that his mom's fucking <laughs> is staying there. He says, you got a nice dumper or something like that. If I remember correctly, that that is the uh, the girl that played Jenny, fun fact. Is a bit older. I imagine she's in more stuff now, but that movie now is pretty fucking old. So uh, <laughs> I I would imagine she maybe maybe she's not acting anymore. Now I want to know. I I know I had heard the the kid that had played Force. He's an adult now. Um. But uh, I know he had. Uh, I think he was a marine. I know he had uh, ran a little bit too. I think he had done at least one marathon. As uh, oh, here we go, Michael Connor Humphreys—that's his name. I don't know that he's ever got around to doing any uh, other acting. <clears throat> Born in '85. Wow, he does not. Oh yeah, I can see it. I was gonna like see looking at this picture of him as an adult. Like there is no. <laughs> The guy's got, unfortunately, like, no muscle mass to him at all. I want to say he was in a, a Marine, though. Man, he looks so super skinny. Like, I wonder if the guy's all right. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, wow, he was born at, oh, no. I thought that said Independence, Independence Missouri, but, yeah, Mississippi. Yeah, he had a uh, southern accent, and I believe it's that accent that, uh, Tom Hanks decided to use as uh, 
oh, he's uh he's only had three things to his credit. One was uh, of course Forrest Gump, Pathfinders, and the Company of Strangers. This is of course just acting. He's had himself as credits as himself on a few things. Um, <clears throat> then Night's End is in pre-production a TV show. It doesn't say what he's doing in that, but he's going to act on that. It doesn't uh, say anything else about it here. Uh, IMDB. It doesn't really give a whole... I want to know more about him. I want to say he did join the Marines at some point. As, uh... I mean, I love that shit. Oh, God damn it! The first thing I find is... <laughs> this IMDB. Ooh, he's on, uh... Instagram. Yeah, he was in the service. Of some sort. I don't know if he's a Marine or... Whoa, it's weird seeing him with long hair. It's, uh... It's just weird seeing this guy as an adult. And he doesn't look like Tom Hanks growing up. He should really look more like Tom Hanks. <laughs> they should have a picture of him with Tom Hanks. That'd be great. Uh, wow, it is really weird seeing his, <clears throat> seeing him all, all grown up. That's very strange. Very, very strange. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say about him. See uh, biography. Humphreys was born in the small town of Independence, Mississippi in 93 when he was eight years old. He attended an open casting call in Memphis, Tennessee for a young Tom Hanks with light eyes and a quirky disposition. The casting team, particularly taken by his thick southern accent, selected Humphreys to play the role of young Forrest Gump in the movie adaptation of Winston Groom's 1986 novel. As part of his preparation to play the character as an adult, Tom Hanks worked to emulate Humphrey's speech and mannerisms, which thank you for having that awesome accent and everything, Michael. Uh, I'm going to have to pull up, shit, I'm going to have to pull up an uh, interview with him recently. I want to see if he's still got that accent. But uh, it says alongside his former, or his Forrest Gump co-stars, Hannah Hall and Haley Joel Osment, he received a nomination at the 16th uh, Youth in Film Awards, though he was ultimately bested in his character by Matthew McCurley for the movie North. Fuck you, McCurley. <laughs> Save for high school productions and an uncredited role in the 2003 television adaptation of John Grisham's novel, Painted House, Humphreys did not pursue a further career in acting. Following his high school, uh, Humphreys enlisted in the United States Army. It was the Army. Uh, November of 2004, he was stationed in Germany and assigned to the 1st Battalion, 36th Infantry Regiment, an element of the 1st Armored Division. He completed 18-month deployment in Anbar Province, Iraq, following his return to the U.S. and sometime at Fort Riley, Kansas. Humphreys completed service on June 4, 2008. As of 08, he was studying at the University of North Alabama. Then in 2011, he played the role of Eddie in the independent World War II film Pathfinders in the Company of Strangers. So, yeah. Michael Connor Humphreys. Let's look that up. Let's find a... I just want to hear it. I want to hear that magic. I know he's done some interviews since then. Since being a child, obviously. But I think as an adult, he's done some... Let's see. Uh... Oh, do they have him on SNL with the... I just want a little clip. Oh, there's the... That'd be interesting. Test scenes with the kids. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. 
I just got to hear his voice. Here's a two-minute like clip of him. Let's see here. Did I pot out the right thing? Why am I not getting sound? Why are you doing this to me, YouTube? It is a little, it's a little, yeah, surreal, definitely. I, uh, I've met Winston a few times, uh, obviously, but it's been a few years. So, for us to be in the same place is a little strange, but I'll live near here, so I guess it kind of all falls together just right. Yeah, we were, uh, we were talking the other day on the phone about you kind of maybe picking up. No, uh, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing Forrest out of that, damn it. He's lost a bit of the, that's a shame. It's a shame. Let's see, maybe this will have a little bit better audio. Hello. I'm not going to act like I'm not terribly anxious and embarrassed about making a YouTube video. I'm just going to get through this first one. Oh, he's got and his own YouTube channel. I do wish I could have oh, man. more eloquently articulated ideas to present. Maybe I'll get better about that as time goes on. Anyways, we're at the uh, 25th anniversary of Forrest Gump this year. Fuck Came yeah. out in 94. This is 2019, by the 2019. way. So anyways, there's a whole <laughs> issue of, of having been involved with that and reflecting on it and whatnot. I get asked a lot about it right now for obvious reasons. I don't have anything in particular to say on that, but it has made me think oh, about some other come things. On. Give me some. Other than being in that movie as a kid, another huge part of my life, the most significant part of my life beyond that was being in the military. I was in the Army years ago did a tour in Iraq, right? Short period of time, three to four years. And uh, anyways, it, I literally had decided to be in the military at that time as of Force a more or less direct result of doing the movie as a kid. <laughs> like I was a very, very regular kid. I've always been a really regular kid, or at least I was at one time. I uh, was a regular kid. I got that part, went and did it for a few months and then came back home to Mississippi and just went right back to being a regular kid again, or at least tried to. That was the <laughs> That'd idea. Be difficult. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, something of that magnitude, you know, that movie did so well and it became so iconic and everybody knew what it was. I wasn't able to just be the regular kid I wanted to be from that point on. Um, you know, Though I tried, and uh, so basically, I went through my childhood and teenage years, <clears throat> where that's what I got introduced as everywhere I went. That preceded me, and I was introduced as, "Hey, this is the kid that was in Forrest Gump." That was the beginning of every conversation I ever had with any new person, and uh, <clears throat> what that did, you know, to the mind of a teenager and whatnot, is that I always thought that people were expecting something more of me. Because they're like, oh, hey, this is you. That's really cool. Let's hear the story. And then now what? It's always followed by, and what are you doing now? You know, because I was just a regular kid and never tried to be more than that. Hopefully you're not smoking crack. I did that. And now I'm just a regular person like I already was. And there's no cool story to tell beyond that. That's that's what oh, I got on. in my head. I felt like I was failing to meet people's expectations all the time as a kid. Whether they actually thought that or not, probably 90% of the time they didn't, uh, but <laughs> I got that in my mind. So the when I comment. Great. turned 18, 19, 9-11 had happened, right, a couple years before that. I uh, toyed with the idea of being in the military beforehand, um, but I had never really considered it until, until there was a war going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, I'm going to point out, too, I basically spent the past – 
these 25 years since the film, more or less ignoring that I was ever in it. I mean, I, I kind of took a position when I was a kid that it's no accent. more significant than saying, hey, I played basketball in seventh grade and I made a free throw one time. Awesome story, right? But I mean, no more significance than that. I did this, I did that, did this movie thing, bam, that's it. Anyways, uh, basically ignored that. And so you get to the time of the wars, 2003, 2004, Iraq and Afghanistan, and uh, I found myself very compelled to join the army, <clears throat> specifically infantry, and to go to the front lines in Iraq. Like I had that specific goal of doing that. Because at that point, I really made myself disillusioned as a kid with where I fit into things. And I started to think, all right, there's an actual war going on now. People are going to it. Some volunteers, some don't so much. Did you get down and shut And up? I was like, I need to be in that. I need to be a part of that. And granted, this is a very naive 18-year-old, 19-year-old thinking this. But I remember thinking, like, there's nothing you can do with yourself that's going to equate to having done this thing as a kid except maybe going and being in an actual <laughs> war and having that experience. Maybe you could have done a few other things. Right? You could have. I was like, maybe that'll be something else worthy you can do with yourself. And so, uh, anyways, very silly reason to go do that, but that's honestly one of the things that drove me to do it as a kid. Yeah, I'm going to have to find, finish watching that later on. I'm interested to what uh, his life has been like. As, uh it's it's kind of sad to not hear the the big thick accent, but I'm sure he probably tried to get rid of that. As the number one, the top comment you read on here, it's from nine months ago. It says uh, from Mrs. Curd, "Oh no, the accent is gone, but but love this video, great." <laughs> uh, yeah, the accent's gone. Uh, but uh, I wonder if he's got any other videos. Check that out. He's only got two. This is both from a year ago, so I guess he just decided to uh There's quite a few th views though, eighteen thousand. It's interesting to hear his uh and his pic his uh picture is like a drawn picture of himself as a kid <laughs> on his uh YouTube page. There's a little profile pic there. Man. Uh, <clears throat> I am interested in his life story. As you know, I just like knowing other people's uh, stories. You know, I guess it does sound like you know maybe he's gotten over the uh, childhood star thing now. <laughs> that it was obviously a big problem for a long time. I can only imagine being eight years old and doing the one thing that people are going to remember you for for the rest of your life at eight and never being able to top that that would have to be one kind of mind fuck uh i don't think i've done anything yet that would <laughs> really overshadow anything in my life <laughs> uh well uh no i take that back i did you know i had my one my 15 seconds of fame there with the the whole uh a uh, bit on the Tom and Jeff podcast where I had the rogue Eskimo orgy. That was definitely, uh, that was my, my big moment when I was 30, I think. <laughs> I think I was like 30 at the time, 30, almost 31, something like that. It's been all downhill from there as, uh, in 
11 days. I'll be out of my 30s. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, we've been doing this thing for like nine years now. As uh, I guess I guess I'm about done here. As I've digressed and rambled on for over an hour now. <laughs> as uh, I, I generally do. And uh, I'm going to try to refrain from looking at orbits anymore tonight. Because damn, there are some good deals. If you really start digging, there are some good deals for traveling. Uh, I don't have, I don't, I can't afford to do it. And I haven't had my vaccine yet. But I feel, I mean, I'm signed up for the vaccine. I'm ready to take it. I mean, I still, you know, maybe don't want the Johnson & Johnson. I want the better one. But I'm reading, you know, that maybe it's better than what they initially said. Like, uh, man, I'll, I'll take whatever I can. Just prevent me from dying from it. I'm good. You know, we're having, like, I want to have, I want to keep my taste buds and not have, like, uh, long-lasting things from it. But just let me, just let me get back to the Cliffs of Moore. To Gus O'Connor's pub at Doolin. You know, and fuck, maybe, maybe, uh, go to Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oktoberfest. Be fantastic. Uh, but, uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's all I got to say. So as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.